Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Without further ado! That's what the game's all about. All of a sudden you feel like you can't miss. Welcome to Buckets. My name is Matt Moore. I'm a senior NBA writer for the Action Network, joined by my colleagues, professional better Raheem Palmer. Ra, what's the best bet you've made this week? Best bet I made this week. The Memphis Grizzlies against the Golden State Warriors. I mean, I didn't have to even think about that game in the second half. Probably not any from Wednesday, because, God, that night was a trap. That night was just full of traps upon traps upon traps. But your Heat did pull off the plus five and a half. So I'll say that. Uh, Brandon Anderson, NBA Futures Analyst. Brandon, what's the best bet that you made this week? My props are a little cold right now. I think the best bet I made this week might have been a couple of bets I didn't make this week. (laughs) Sometimes you just got to kind of wait it out. I did have a Kevin Love assist bet, uh, a prop that hit a couple of minutes into the second quarter. So I'm super mad. Uh, I forgot to put this one in the app and it was my nicest hit of the week. I did a same game parlay on DraftKings uh, because they were playing the Cavaliers who were without Evan Mobley and Jared Allen. Um, and they play at the level of the screen. I talked about this on heat check. Um, they play at the level of the screen. So he blitz the ball handler. And whenever Luca does that, like he's pretty content to just like hit the pass to Dwight Powell slipping to the basket. So I did a same game parlay of Mavs money line, Luca over nine and a half assists and Dwight Powell over 11 and a half points that paid four and a half to one. Um, and that was like, Luca had eight assists in like the first half. It was an easy, easy same game parlay. So that was my best bet of the week. This is the big picture. We're going to talk about all number of things this week. Everything we talk about can be found in the action network app. Make sure to download it right now on your mobile device. It's the best way for you to track your bets. You'll get all sorts of cool information. It's great for tracking scores. You get halftime counters, so you know when halftime's up. All that, check it out. Download it right now on your mobile device, the Action Network app. We begin every big picture with tip-off. We go around the league and talk about the biggest stories and how to bet them. Let's go ahead and get started. Let's go back to uh, Tuesday night. The Milwaukee Bucks topple the Philadelphia 76ers. The Sixers, I live bet the Sixers first half. When uh, they came back with the non-Embiid minutes. And so I live bet them and they were up double digits, I believe, at half. And then I live bet Bucks money line when they were down at half. And the Bucks wound up winning. Um, Giannis was absolutely transcendent between the third and fourth quarters. He scores 15 straight points. He just willed his team back into that game. The non-Giannis Bucks managed to hold still, like not lose the lead in the Embiid minutes. That's an indictment on Joel Embiid, by the way, that he was not able to beat Drew Holiday in the post. And then Giannis comes back in, and they manage to get just enough separation. First half, Sixers hit a ton of threes. The Bucs have given up the second most threes per 100 possessions since the All-Star break. That's been a problem for them. Uh, but ultimately, they settled down. Raheem, you're on Twitter this morning talking about how 
everyone's acting like the Bucks are the runaway favorite, which first of all, no, and they're not. No, no, they're not. No, the the Nets are still favored to win this damn conference, man. Like the Nets are still a team. Everybody's like, oh man, they would. I don't know, man. How are you going to beat KD and Kyrie? That Kyrie, he's a hooper. That's like that's the common conception. Um, Bucks are still like plus three hundred or better at most books. But you, you like Philly in this matchup? Look, the Sixers have played them really, really, really tough this year. They've played three games. The first two games, you didn't have James Hart. The first game, they didn't even have Joel Embiid. So you could throw the first game out. But the game before the All-Star break, where Joel Embiid, he was totally dominant. You didn't have James Harden. You didn't have Seth Curry. You didn't have Andre Drummond. He goes out there and puts 42, 14 to 21 shooting. And then when you look at the result of this last game, the Sixers really dominated that game. And... I just feel like the Bucks' defense has really, really, really slipped whoa, 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 this year. Whoa, 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 You can't I, be like, they really dominated that game, but also they lost at home. They lost at home in the non-MB minute. Like, he said it himself. When I came off the court, the game changed. And one of the things about playoff basketball is that you do have a short rotation. Now, I do expect the DeAndre Jordan and the Paul Millsap minutes to be just as damaging as the Greg Monroe minutes were in the 2019 playoffs, but there's going to be less minutes. And the way the Sixers played them, look, to me, the Sixers fit the profile of a team who would beat the Bucks and then go on to lose to Miami or Boston or Atlanta. Like that's the type of team that this team is. I like oh, yeah, as much yeah. as, Couple things, couple things, couple things, couple things, couple things. Look, it's very rare that I go here and like you want to be in being right a lot more than you're wrong. So like this gives me pause. But like, man, I strongly feel like you're wrong here. One, Giannis has won this matchup consistently. Two, you're like, they played him really tough this year. They won one game. That's it. They won one. We're talking about two matchups you want to count. They're one and one. And one that game before the all-star break without Brooke Lopez, without Brooke Lopez, that's like the best you're gonna get. Uh two. Okay, so they won the MB, you're like they won the Embiid minutes. They lost the second half Embiid minutes by four. Tyrese Maxey was minus 10. Tobias Harris was minus nine. The other starters were bad in that second half. After the Sixers stopped hitting an unreasonable amount of threes, shit changed. Then we got this. You're like, they're like, but look in the playoffs. You don't play as many minutes. Do you feel good about Joel Embiid playing more minutes? Look, I don't. Saying, look, the Bucks are definitely the favorite. But all I'm saying is this. What was that line the other night? Sixers minus one, right? Yeah. All I'm saying is that the gap between these two teams isn't as big as what people think it is. Okay, but, but, but here's the difference. Though. The Bucks aren't going to. Let's talk about from a betting perspective. The, what do you think the win line is going to be on this series if they play? Because I think it's going to be, I think it's going to be Bucks minus a half, maybe one and a half, probably one and a half. Right, like a, but a I, th- I think that's a lot of that is the market too, just yeah. because the Bucks have the reputation of a team who. But no, but that, that's my thing. Do you want to bet? Like, if it was, if it was two and a half, sure. Like, I think, I think the Sixers could take two games off of them, sure. But like, would you be surprised if the Bucks beat the Sixers in in six? In six, no. In no. five, yes. Yeah, like, right. I, I think, but it's, well, it's not going to be. What that. I'm saying, 
what I'm saying is a six game. It's a six, seven game series minimum. Okay. So would, do you want to bet the, the Sixers to win the series? Depends on the number. Right. But we already assume that it's going to be pretty close. Like, I think your perception of what people think is off. And I especially think it's off relative to the market. This is not going to be like bucks minus two and a half and bucks minus two fifty on the, on yeah, the- I don't think it's going to be that, but I, I think there's going to be spots like game to game. I, I think all bus, right, let's, let's put it this way. I if think the bus could drop one of the first two games at home. We're going too long on this. If it's Sixers plus 150, do you want that number to win outright? If that can figure out something with the, the nine MB minutes, I, I do want it. Mm, yes, noted playoff general, Doc Rivers. <laughs> um, so let's go on. The Heat last night got a big win versus the Celtics. They were struggling. Now they've won two in a row. That was a monster win for them to get a win versus the Celtics. Celtics without Robert Williams. But look, this is a switch all defense. Boston had its chances. They took Tatum out of that game late and they got a big win. Brandon, my big question for you is just how do we sort out like the parity in this, in this conference? Because like you want to count out the heat because of how they've been lately, but that was a monster win for them. Boston's been unstoppable, but last night kind of showed that they're beatable. I agree with Raheem. They're like, nobody's unbeatable in the East. So how do we bet this? Or is it going to have to be series by series? Are, are future props pretty much dead for, for Eastern Conference title futures? I think they're not. So here's the angle that I'm looking at this with. So Buck Sixers, we looked at that game and it felt like a surprise that Philly almost won that game. It felt like the Bucks are the better team, but the Sixers almost won. That's kind of what Miami Boston felt like. Boston has as good as they've been, even without Robert Williams. Boston has been so hot. They've been beating everyone. They've been crushing everyone. And it felt like, okay, Miami made the adjustments. Boston was a little shorthanded. Miami came through for the win. But that tells you what you think about these two teams. That tells you which team you know is better and which one is the underdog. In the NBA, we play seven-game series. This is not the NFL. This is not a one, one-off game. In a one-off game, I think there's parity. And you can't bet the East because the Heat could beat anyone any night. The Sixers can beat anyone any given night. But in seven games... Are the Heat going to beat the Celtics four out of seven games? They could. They're live. But you like the better team to win out when they get seven chances to get there. You like the Bucs to win out or the Sixers when they get seven chances to get there. Philly has to show up or Miami has to show up four times in those. And I realize like, we understand the premise of best of seven. But to me, Sixers and Heat are a slight below, be- below those other teams in the East because their matchup issues, their flaws. They're the teams that have to go win those series against the Bucs, against the Celtics. I think maybe even against the Nets, if they actually make it into the playoff proper. I think the Sixers and Heat are a half tier below because they've got to go take the game to them as the underdog and win four times. I think you can bet Philly or Miami game to game, they're going to get those games. They're not just going to get shut out like you're saying, but I think looking at series and where we go from there, I don't know that it is straight parody. I think it's still playable. I think it's tough trying to figure this out. Like I, I'm really frustrated that we can't get the Nets odds to slip. They're going to be in the damn play-in. How can we not get a better number on the Nets? Because we'd be, am I in agreement that as much as I've hated on that team all year, that we'd be betting the Nets if we got them at a good number? If they were like four to one right now for the Eastern Conference, I'd be like, yeah, 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 I know there's value on Brooklyn finally. So, how do you feel about? So, I I just did this with March Madness over the weekend. 
We'll just go there for a second. Kansas went down at the half to Miami, but was, if they could win, was going to emerge as the final one seed in the final four teams. What about playing the Nets the same way? What about we get to the plan? The Nets are going to be in the plan. What if they fall behind? And now you live bet Nets title odds down in the plan. The only, because you know, the only book I know that updates them in game is Bet MGM. That's the only one that'll do it. So maybe that's an angle. Is it Bet MGM live updates? Because they did do that last, they've been doing that like in the playoffs for NFL and various things where yeah. their odds would shift. But you know, most of the books are just gonna take them off board. Yeah. Or or the other way to to slightly live bet them, although you're increasing your own risk here, if the Nets are, you know, if they're the eight seed and they lose that first game. So now they're in a loser out final game. Their odds have to shift down some at that point because they're in an elimin- they're in a game seven. They're in an elimination game. So that's kind of a way to quote unquote live bet the play in if they're down to a loser out or if they're just if they lock into the nine or ten seed. They're not locked in there yet. If they fall in enough that they're that they have to win twice just to make the playoffs, then I think we'll finally get some odds. But yeah, I, I made the same note. I thought, well, so I I, I kind of you asked about parody. I have the Bucks in a, a, a half tier by themselves. I have Celtics Nets just below them. I have Sixers Heat just below them, just like mini tiers there. So what if the Nets can get into a half bracket with some combination of Sixers and Heat, throw the Cavs or Raptors in there? I, I are you picking against them. the Nets in best I of seven against Philly or Miami? Man, I hate those matchups for them. What are the Nets going to do versus Embiid? What are the, what are the Sixers going to do against all the Nets shooters and their offense? It's a weird matchup. I mean, it's, you got, you got Tybal for Kyrie. I don't know. If there's anybody else I'd rather have. But, I mean, but I don't. I don't like Ty, I don't like Tybal in that matchup because all you do is just sag off Tybal, let him shoot, yeah. and then but they're not going to like like Embiid's just going to draw fouls. Like they don't even need. Like that's the thing is you don't need to when Embiid's able to draw fouls. Their defense isn't good enough to cause turnovers on him with a double. I mean, the Sixers don't really get back in transition either. Like, I, I think in that, that matchup, the, the Nets, I don't know. It's, it's about who's going to be able to enforce their will. On, this is, is going to be great. So, this is going to be great because Raheem likes the Sixers versus the Bucks and likes the Nets versus the Sixers. And I'm the exact opposite. And this will be <laughs> this will be good. Um, let's move on, though. Uh, last night, the Denver Nuggets blew a 31 point lead in less than two quarters to the Indiana Pacers before holding on for a seven point win in that game. Once again, once again, Nikola Jokic has just an absolutely ridiculous performance, just an absurd game from Joker. Uh, he puts up another big stat line. Meanwhile, and we'll get to back to that in a second. Meanwhile, the Timberwolves lost to the Raptors. The Nuggets magic number now for a playoff spot is three. It is very likely that they're going to, if especially I'll say this, Friday is like the showdown. It's Wolves versus Nuggets in Denver. If Denver wins that game, their magic number is one. That's it. Call it. We're done. Like the Nuggets will make the playoffs. And if the Nuggets make the playoffs, that's the only thing that seems to be standing in the way of Nikola Jokic winning MVP. Uh, this week, as we turn to the big picture, well, this is the actual voters. This is not a selection of the voters. This is the poll. And the poll says Jokic by a relative wide margin. And that was news 
because Jokic had passed Embiid from the last time we did this um, about two months and a half ago. Like, I'm listening to people saying, like, well, you know, Luca and John. I'm like, guys, nowhere near. ESPN's Tim Bontemps dropped a full version of the straw poll on NBA bet last Friday. I had a mini straw poll put out of 15 voters, 10 first place votes for Nikola Jokic, four first place votes for Giannis Antetokounmpo uh, in that poll. The gap is smaller between Giannis for third and Joel Embiid than the gap between Nikola Jokic and Joel Embiid for first. Jokic leads the pack with 860 total points in that vote. Embiid with 719. Giannis with 593. On the first place votes, Giannis got just nine first place votes, which is a little surprising to me. Uh, Jokic leads Embiid 62-29 in first place votes, which are worth five full points. We've seen the market shift dramatically over the last three days. Embiid on Monday was minus 200. It had swollen to minus 200. And I'm just like spamming Jokic at all of these books. I will say this, Bontemps did not reveal. I, like I participated in the straw poll. It's 50 likely voters and 50 people that kind of assimilate good voting profile. I was part of the 50 that what that don't have a vote. Um, I had good reason to suspect that Jokic would indeed be first. And so like I'm spamming when it goes to, to Embiid minus 200 and Jokic moves up to 160, 185, I'm spamming in all these books. Flash forward to today, Nikola Jokic is now the favorite at minus 165. So we've talked about MVP all season. It's a, an active market late in the year. There's still value to be found on it. Usually this market is, is dead. Yazan and Kumpo is still 10 to 1 at some books. I'm going to start with Brandon because Brandon's always uh, more creative in these bets. If you're betting MVP, what's the best way to bet MVP right now, Brandon Anderson? If you are betting MVP, and by the way, Giannis is 12 to 1 at this moment at FanDuel. He was 14 to 1 this morning when I bet him. So that's my answer. If you are a new MVP better, Giannis Antetokounmpo at 12 to 1, 14 to 1 if you find it, 10 to 1. Those numbers, that's a live bet to me. He's not the favorite to win, but it's we're we're a week away. Giannis is live. The Bucs are one game from the one seed. Giannis basically leads Embiid at every stat, especially at advanced stats. He comes up short to Jokic, but if the Nuggets barely sneak into the playoff proper as the sixth seed and Giannis comes in as the one seed, Giannis is, everybody loves him. He is not going to be a back-to-back MVP. We know the hesitance that voters have shown with Jokic on that. I think that there's a play there. Um, I I don't know that he's likely to win, but uh, again, plus 1,200 right now, that's a 7.5% likelihood. I think Giannis has better than a 7.5%. Do you guys agree? I do agree. I mean, look, I told you guys in my last MVP update, I actually had Giannis... Um, as favorite in my MVP model. Now, I do think we've kind of moved away from that just because seeding doesn't matter as much. But, I mean, he had a big game against Embiid the other night, scoring 15 straight. He has a huge game against the Brooklyn Nets. And then you have the Clippers and the Mavericks. Those are all high-profile games. So, I actually see Giannis at plus 1,600. So, the way I would approach this is that, I mean, I actually hammered Jokic once the straw poll came out. But I think at minus 170, I think you can take both of those. I think Embiid isn't going to win. 
He's gotten outplayed by Jokic and Giannis in the second half of the season. So just make a big bet on Jokic and then hedge it with Giannis. My only thing on Giannis, um, I'll just tell you right now, I am very rarely persuaded by single games. I look at the entire thing. I start looking at MVP stuff in, in November. Like, I, I, I want to track this stuff all year. I think it matters. I think it matters how you play early in the season. And I always want to look at the entire body of work. Giannis's game on Tuesday literally may have swung me. Like, I would tell you right now that if I had a vote, I had a vote one time in my career, I finally worked my way up and got a vote, and then I left for Action Network the next year and do not have a vote now. Um, if I had a vote right now, my, my ballot would be one, Giannis Compo, two, Nikola Jokic, three, oh. Joel Embiid. That would be my ballot. Mm-hmm. Um, that's how good. It? Now, I think there's a, in my opinion, honestly, there's a kind of a drop off between Giannis and Jokic and down to Embiid. Like, I, I totally agree. We're on I the agree. same page. Two things. Number one, if that game Tuesday was on national TV, you would not be getting this Giannis number. If that was a game that everyone watched on TNT Tuesday night instead of just the league pass watchers, and I know the voters, a lot of them are watching anyway. Yeah. If that game was on TNT, this number would not be out there because people would be betting it. And he's got more chances. He's on TNT tonight as we record on Thursday. Second thing is this. If you were not Matt Moore and did not look at the MVP race since November, if you just today were like, oh, hey, that's right. I have an MVP ballot. Who should I vote for? You look at the standings. You look at the numbers. You look at the, all the cases. I think you would come in and you would say, Jokic or Giannis are my choices. And not only do I think Embiid is a drop from those two, I don't know why you would even think Embiid is clearly ahead of Luka Doncic for third. They both right now are the three seed and Dallas has won two more games than Philadelphia. And I think Dallas has less help for Luka than Joel Embiid has. So my question is this, is Joel Embiid dead for MVP? No. If let's say that the, the Nuggets lose on Friday to the Wolves. Okay that shortens it to a two game gap for the seventh for the sixth spot. Um, the wolves have a soft schedule. The nuggets play uh, Lakers twice, which look, I, I get it. I'm just saying of all, if Denver's going to fall into the play in the Los Angeles Lakers are going to be the team to randomly get wins against them to do it. They also play the Memphis Grizzlies who locked the two seed last night and no longer have anything to play for, but they still are kind of, they're just, they're gunning for it. They're a young team that's hungry. Um, so like there's, and they play the Spurs who are, who are fighting for their play in lives. Like there's a door where the nuggets fall to the seven. And there's a door at the same time where the Sixers managed to get over the bucks and finish with a better record. If that happens, I think Embiid's live. Like that's the argument for Embiid is he's second in the league in scoring behind LeBron and his team had a better record. Well, right now, the Bucs have a better record. But if it flips back the other way, I, that might make him be live. I just think that both of those things happening concurrently is a tough argument. Giannis's best bet, if you want to, like, Giannis, what you need is for him to finish with the number one seed. Yes. Like, that's what you need. Is if it, because as much as seeding doesn't matter, if it's, like, if it's this close between them and voters are able to go, like, the Bucs got the, like, they're the number one team in the East, and they didn't have Brooke the entire year, and Chris and Drew missed serious time. Like, 
I'm going to reward that over getting the six seed, even if the game, the gap is only two games or whatever with the Nuggets. That still, I think, is like enough to make it make it live. My only problem, though, is it. Look, if we look at the straw poll. Like Giannis only got nine first place votes and he got fewer second place votes than Embiid. He's at five ninety three versus eight sixty for Joker. He's going to have to make up such a massive differential. In the last week of the season, I think it's close from everybody I've talked to. Like every voter I've talked to is like, it's really close between those three guys. It's it's razor thin. But I want to bet over under finishing position. That's that's the bet I want to be able to bet Giannis under two and a half. That's that I think is the sweet spot. If we look at this poll from Tuesday, which was taken last Friday. I just can't see even like at 16 to one. This is one of those things where there's objective EV. Right. Because you say, like, is there a better chance than this? Yes, there's a better chance for this. But I don't know if Giannis is going to be able to get enough votes to win. And that, to me, I think is a reason to maybe hold off on betting Giannis. Like, I agree he should win, but that gap is significant. Yeah, I think that that's a fair argument. That Your, your argument for Embiid being live is fair, too. I think he is live. I don't think that we would recommend betting on him. The number hasn't dropped enough for him to be worth a bet right now. But he is live to win. Also, he could win the scoring title. You know, he could pass LeBron or LeBron could just not play enough games to qualify. And... Because the scoring title is in play and MVP is maybe in play, I don't think any of us would put past Embiid on the final game of the season, especially if there's not a seed on the line, to just feed Embiid and put up like a 65-point game in the final game, which is right before the votes go in, and take the scoring title. And like he he could be the guy to make that sort of statement. Giannis is not going to do that. Jokic is not going to do that. So I think he's live. Do you guys think... Raheem, you said that you would maybe bet on Jokic right now. I'm seeing him minus 155 at DraftKings, I think is the best I'm seeing. He's minus 225 at points bet. So that number has really moved there. It's basically putting him 60 to 70%. Do you think, Raheem, that there is betting value on that number also? I mean, at 225, I don't I don't think there's much betting, but I think you kind of missed the party. But when you see that straw poll, I think it's pretty damning. And I, I think there's not very many times where you could look at the last week of the season and say, you know, a guy has stolen at that point. Like, I think you have to go back to the year Russell Westbrook won it over James Harden, where he had the buzzer beater um, against the Nuggets to say a guy stole it in the last week. So I think if the Nuggets get into the playoffs and they avoid the playing game, I think it's his to win. Okay, but are you betting the minus one fifty five? Is that a, is that a bettable number? I, I would take I would take it one fifty five, not not two twenty five. Yeah, sure. Well, you know, why, why take the bad number when the good number is out yeah. there? Yeah, yep. Should have bet it when I posted the article on NBA Bet last week. That's that's what you should have done. Because yeah, or or you yeah. know the straw poll. Pay attention to these things. If if you guys uh, if you're listening, maybe you missed the boat on this one. But Tuesday morning, the straw poll came out. FanDuel had Jokic at plus one sixty five at nine thirty a.m. Eastern. Oh, yeah. Here's how the numbers went. 15 minutes later, plus 145. 30 minutes later, plus 115. An hour later, plus 105. It took an hour for the odds that had been Embiid for weeks to completely flip because, again, books are setting lines. Joe Delera just wrote about this for us. Books are not setting lines of what actually the outcome is. They're setting lines of how to attract our money. 
And that straw poll flipped the narrative and suddenly those bets were coming and they had to adjust in a hurry. Well, yeah, some books, even that night, like by the end of the night, Jokic was still a plus number at yep. several of the books that yeah. I was betting. And so, because like I've just been, and I will say, um, my only concern, Scotty Barnes needs to chill. I need Scotty Barnes to chill <laughs> out because I got yeah. Simmons in the bag for Scotty Barnes for Rookie of the Year. And I got a lot of parlays on Jokic, Evan Mobley, John Morant, most improved. I need that trifecta to come through. And if it does, like I've hedged with Scotty because he's plus 250. But it the, between that and then Marcus Smart jumping to the front of the line for DPOY for these, when I, I like I've got a big BAM position, I still kind of think BAM's going to win. Like I still kind of think BAM's going to win. I think it's going to be close though. Um, but yeah, like a lot of those parlays were where I was like, this is golden. Now I'm like, are you guys really going to put me over on Scotty Barnes? Really? Scotty Barnes is going to get this? Here's the thing with Scotty is that as hot as Scotty is right now, Cade Cunningham is equally hot. Like last 10 games, he's something like 23, five and eight. Like he's putting up big numbers right now. So he's not going to win either. It, it's going to be Mobley, I think. But if you are a voter that's like, I don't know, Mobley is injured and the Cavs aren't finishing well, I think your vote might just as soon go to Cade as it does to Scotty. So we might yeah. kind of split the Mobley fade. So I think Mobley is still safe. When I bet Jokic on Tuesday, I, I paused and I was like, do I up the number here with Mobley? Maybe just jaw. I did put Mobley I, in. I, I think, think the thing think with Cade is the, the fact that Scotty Barnes is leading the Raptors on a playoff race. So I think, you know, that matters a little bit more. So I do think you got to be afraid. I don't know. Cade's got those rebounds, though. We know we love rebounds and the rookie of the year race. <laughs> come full circle. We've come. Oh, man. All right, let's gonna wrap it up for the big picture for Friday. Thanks for joining us. We'll be back on Tuesday morning with mm. another episode of the big picture where we'll get into the Clippers. We'll have a couple more games mm. with Paul George to evaluate. We'll talk about whether or not they're live if they can make a run. Uh, we'll have more. We'll obviously know a lot more about the playoff race by then. We'll have breakdowns on all that. We'll also be doing um, a workshop. We'll be doing a Monday workshop, breaking down the, uh, the slate in the NBA. You can check that out. Thanks for joining us, everybody. Have yourselves a great weekend. We'll see you guys again next time. Let's get buckets.